0: Hello, welcome back to another Meet the Staff, Meet the Drivers. Tonight we're going to have uh, Tony Koch on. He does all of our announcing for the last several years. So it's going to be a good, good one tonight. We'll get into a few things while we wait for uh, Tony to join in. Shootout registration is open still. You'll find that on the SPEC D website. Uh, It's under the store and then just go down to event registration. Tomorrow, our first Thursday night open drift out of Radtork Raceway, formerly Castro Raceway. Gates open at 4.30, on track for 5 o'clock, and we go usually till about 9 o'clock. Uh, registration is going to open up this weekend, May 1st, at uh, noon for Bash 3. So, that's going to be, uh, we're going to drop the first 40 spots, so that's noon for local Edmonton time. I see Tony waiting to get in. So we're going to get him and uh, start the interview. Give it a sec.
1: Hey, hey, hey what's going
0: on? Not too bad brother, how you doing? Not too bad, just another uh, nice day in Alberta with uh, snow in the morning, sun in the afternoon. So we'll take that.
1: Yeah, it was uh, definitely a tough one to call weather-wise today,
0: wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, that's right. So it's not too bad. So, well, let's get started. I'll get you to introduce yourself and uh, give, give guys the uh, background of who you are, what you do. Yeah, for sure. Like, I don't know how long you plan to run this out, but I'll try to be quick about it. Um, so
1: for those of you you don't know, I'm uh, Tony Kosh. Um Multi-faceted thing I am, uh, of course, of the most foremost, the announcer for the Spec D Drift Series for, I think, what will be, I think six years previous and this will be year seven, maybe I got that wrong, uh, a while. Um, got my start originally uh, just taking photos, actually, so that's about, oh man, 11 years, I think, at this point at the old uh, Castle Raceway, now Rad Torque Raceway, of course. Um, been driving myself, actually, too, for... <laughs> I think about seven years. I'm not 100% sure. I know it was just before I started announcing, and and then it all just kind of melded into one. Um, then yeah, other than that, just hanging around. Love the vibes. Love being here. You know, so
0: just around. <laughs> awesome. I'm I'm checking on the uh, on the live chat. Everyone throwing up the uh, nicknames. I guess you got a few too. But like, yeah. Tony is uh,
1: very rare to hear. I think. <laughs>
0: it's, that's some right other form of yeah <laughs> so uh, i guess what what made it um made you choose drifting Uh i think that's a
1: pretty old one too like again i think it's i think it just comes with being um like you know getting getting older to do something for a while you kind of remember why you were here in the first place um right. but i think it's just originally, yeah, of course, car sliding looks super crazy. And I'm going to really date myself here. Uh, I remember downloading my first drift videos on Real Player back in maybe 2008, 2007, something like that. And I think I caught around the same time one of the first televised uh, Formula Drift uh, TV events on uh, G4 Tech TV. Yeah, I think, funny enough, I think I was watching uh, Tyler McQuarrie and the old Supra go against that uh, Bubba Drift guy in the El Camino. Um, So something about that, I think I kind of grew up around drag racing muscle cars. And then, of course, Fast and the Furious was invented and all that cool stuff happened. Um, And then, yeah, just as it came together, found drifting and was like, okay, like this, I have to try this, you know, and that was about... 2008 so 2010 came around and I got to the track first time with a camera and as soon as I got close to it like right up in person this is it like we're here we've arrived nothing's cooler than this let's just do this and continue to do this and here we are (laughs) I've
0: been doing it for a little (laughs) so I guess you do have a fairly rare perspective on uh, seeing sort of the birth of the sport in the Edmonton area and kind of where we've gone now Uh, give us your your Maybe um your opinion on how it's changed and, and what you like to change and maybe what you wish was was back in the day or
1: Yeah. Um well it's nice that uh I mean comparative to back in the day, I think uh media guys were just kinda allowed to stand wherever and that uh you know didn't really work out as we progressed and things got uh crazier. Um <laughs> that's maybe about it. Um but over the progression of the 11 years that I've been involved it's went from a very kind of like a niche cool guy thing and it still very much is. Don't like I'm not trying to downplay myself. I'm a cool guy of course. But um no, it went from I think being something that a certain group of people did and it wasn't really accessible to maybe no one who did it. Like if you didn't drive, for example, or if you didn't know anybody who did, it was a really hard thing to come across and be a part of. Um, now, I think it's just, it's awesome to see that we get like whole families involved is like the easiest really? way to put it, I think. And I think that is probably the number one thing that I like, like to see have, sorry, I like that, the progression of how that's went from a small clique group to a bunch of tough dudes who like to hang out, drink beers, drive cars, whatever, to something that is definitely more approachable. You know, we see younger drivers come in all the time. We see them bring their friends, their families, see people get stoked on it. So it's really cool to see the notion or like to see how it's been perceived differently now nowadays. Uh, you know, it's a really good example, uh, JV's Power Center. I remember going back there when I started driving in... Let's call it even 2015, 2014 around there. You'd ask for drift stuff and everybody would just kind of look at you like, what are you doing? That's not street legal. We don't care. (laughs) Um, But now, obviously, they've been partnered with the series for a number of years. And you go in there, we've got discount cards for drivers and a bunch of cool stuff like that. And, like, they actually carry – like, it's cool to see in an Edmonton store, like, NRG seats and stuff like that. It kind of comes from that drifting background world to – Maybe like I said, not even five years ago it would just be almost ourselves, and who cares?
0: <laughs> yeah, that's a, good, that's a good perspective on it too. I mean, we've had lots of meetings with Jim who owns uh, JBs, and like he's really seen the progression of, of the sport, I guess locally and and just um, a lot of his staff are are pretty and you know big fans of it and come out shoot media and stuff like that as well. And it's good to see a store that has like even a dedicated section for drift stuff, you know, like uh, steering wheels, handbrakes, race seats, all that. So yeah, they've got a lot of good brands in there and and also, you know, great to have a partner with the series. So you were saying earlier that you, were, you started off shooting media. So, you know, and then as, as time went on, you progressed and I think I probably just caught you out of the blue and said, here's a mic, go and, uh, it up on there and see how it goes. And do you think that all that time that you had behind the camera and working with the drivers helped in calling the runs? So I think so, because it's definitely
1: given me a very unique perspective. You've been very up and close and personal with it. Um, I think in like the early years, it definitely like helped me establish a lot of relationships with a lot of drivers too. Like uh, I think it kind of goes back to when it was 2010, Again, pretty hard to get in and fit in with the guys if you didn't drive or, you know, or a buddy grandfathered in or something like that. Um, so shooting the pictures and um, just kind of getting the name out there like that, I think really, really helps. Just kind of, hey, I'm a part of this and I don't plan to go anywhere. I like doing this, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, So it kind of ties, I think, with just watching drifting from a two inch screen for so, so long, you kind of really pick up on like the car's movements and like how the driver can navigate a certain obstacle on the course or something like that. And you never really lose that, I think. Cause like I still, when I watch drifting, it looks like a movie to me and I'm always thinking like, oh, hey, like if I shoot here, shoot that, grab the car at full lock, that's going to look the best. So I like to see stuff like that. So I think in, for just like announcing wise, it really helps. And I mean, let's be both be honest here. I've consumed a uh, probably unhealthy amount of drifting over the years. Just watched I don't know any live stream series you can think of. I've probably watched at least around. Um, so I think just yeah, having a vast <laughs> um, viewership of it has definitely helped. Come um, kind of like to, uh, to announce it out loud because it doesn't look as uh, you know whoa crazy it's a car sliding out of control you can kind of see it step by step as it's happening like okay he's just missed the front clip and he's gonna fly out into the field and that's fine <laughs> it's all good it happens but you can kind of see it coming so you can like now it's gonna there's gonna be people that call me out for this but like it kind of helps you explain it word by word a little slower when you know what's going on but of course like get pretty motor mouth too when i'm up there and end up tripping over words but that's all part of the fun <laughs>
0: Yeah, no, I think it's I think it's an important uh, aspect of it. Like, um, you know, all of our judges, uh, are drivers as well. You you yourself drive. You know, throw down a lot of grassroots days, compete in some of the grassroots stuff that we run, and I think that also helps just in explaining what's going on inside the car. Like, you know, you can hear when it's a misshift. You can hear when, you know, something's broken or, or just you know maybe pick up on on. What actually caused a driver to make a mistake? So, I know, like you know, us looking back and watching some of the live stream, it's really been good to hear that that perspective. So, you know, I just wanted to to get your thought on it too. I, I think we all notice it, but you know, I, I think the the many years of shooting also gives you just a different uh, a different side of the track, you know, or like how you see the track because you see it in you know how you shot media from from before. Um, I guess I was looking at all the uh, nicknames that you, uh, people put up there for you. And I know that you got a lot of nicknames. Do you have nicknames for every one of the drivers in our series or? Uh, <laughs> it's getting close.
1: Uh, I, I definitely don't write them down. They kind of just kind of come naturally. You're just goofing off on the mic and you'll, it's like a tick. Something will get stuck in your mind and you'll just kind of go with it. I can think of, um, you know, yeah. Drift Mark Dunbar, that kind of went because he had the long flowing hair and just, you know, was <laughs> like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, not, uh, not nicknames for everybody. I think um, <laughs> we're working on it for sure. Uh, I couldn't tell you the worst one off the top of my head, but I'm sure if someone's watching, they probably feel like they've gotten
0: me. <laughs> or, or, or things that hey they're missing out and they haven't got the tony nickname yet
1: dang. yeah I mean uh well two two instances coming to mind from last year of course uh uh you know what, this, this mission maybe nobody caught it but uh this was at uh, eir for our little demo round thing and um i don't know what it was like you you know these people you you talk to them all the time you see them and like when you're introducing them for the talks top, top sixteen that's one like that's just like that's probably the most pressured, I feel, in the job. Um, but staring at Jesse foot and, you know, just kind of like, oh, it's Jesse, and just blanked. Didn't know his last name. And uh, everybody talked it up to the mic cutting out. So I was like, oh, yeah,
0: yeah, no, that's, that's, that's
1: definitely what it was. But, uh, yeah. no, just, just introduced him as Jesse. So that yeah. one might yeah,
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. sometimes you just draw a blank, and you're like, I have no idea what this is. But you know the car that they're driving, and just about every yeah. spec on the car to draw a blank, and you're – when you're right into it uh another one what's the uh what's your favorite event that you've announced um
1: i think it probably would have to be mission last year
0: uh okay.
1: from the get-go the look sound sight smell of it everything felt like a, a combination of all of the effort that uh, like various people have put in over the years of course it's uh, multifaceted thing. A lot of people behind the scenes doing a lot of work to make it look really good from drivers to organizers to you know just everybody who shows up, spectates, watches, hangs out, shoots camera, whatever. Yeah. But like having it all together with like the banners, all that, everybody's car looks pretty sweet. Like on the live stream too. There's something about it that uh like even going and watching it back too, you watch it and it's like, wow, this is like comparable with your Dino you know New Zealand's little worlds, your uh I'd say RDS, but, you know, I speak English a little bit better than their English commentator. Just throw a little shade. But, um, yeah, no, I think that's probably one of the favorites. Um, if I had to go before that, uh, because that one's kind of an obvious one, isn't it? Right. Um, it would have to be, it's a tie between 2017, I want to say, and I cannot remember the driver's name off the top of my head but rained out uh extra round at Rad raceways pad and a uh, ka actually won uh the round that day so that one was pretty high up there for me um if anybody remembers that dude's name that would be prime time to chip yeah, in I with remember that. that
0: he was he actually came all the way from saskatchewan and just like yeah, all the way. you know and, uh, came with his uh the equalizer and and took everybody out yeah. it, was, it was quite a day yeah
1: don't let them tell you it didn't happen, because it did happen. It was real. It I did remember. yeah. <laughs> um, and another one, too, is uh, probably the 2019 Motor Show. Um, just from... 17 was really cool. It was awesome, but it didn't feel like we got enough into it, I think. Uh, but 2019 was just absolutely unhinged, and we got to, you know, run tandems, uh, you know, maybe spill. Maybe not. Um but something about twenty nineteen was really cool and to see how many people were just there and excited about it and just kind of blowing up the drivers for like autographs and stuff like that. I think I even signed like a hooting insurance or something that day too. And it was really cool to just see it blow up and people just come and check it up close and of course drifting on like the north side and North Gate was or Northlands pardon me was just something super awesome too. So yeah. I think that was favorites to be a part of as well
0: yeah I remember I think you actually sent me like uh, a helicopter screen grab from the news. Yeah. you could still see the uh, tire marks burned into the concrete like three months three months later or something like that so yeah, They have like a budget for pressure washing that too they're trying to get that uh, done yeah yeah they <laughs> yeah it was uh, hours and hours and hours yeah you bet um, okay hey let's give a best battle that sticks in your mind
1: Don uh, Bernstein and Aaron Day had some pretty good brows over the year. Uh, you can't talk about good fights without Chris Pollard and Nathan Borodakas. The one year in 2019, I want to say, his first year in the BMW. Okay. That was great. they seem to be battling each other all the time. Um. Oh man. Uh, Chris Pollard and Aaron Day again from Mission. The first year we went 2020. Yeah. That was pretty that one sticks out. Um, I think, like, half the battle for Jesse Legault, of course, with Sean Miller sticks out, too. I actually went back and watched that the other day. That one was pretty hype, But, uh, yeah. I had the makings of the classic, and I'm sure if those guys get the chance.
0: Again, they'll get it right, and they'll,
1: it'll right, be a right. good one.
0: Yeah. Like, what's, the dream, what's the dream battle of somebody you really want to see go against each other that maybe we don't see enough of?
1: Uh...
0: if I could just
1: put myself in it, I would really like to battle John Bernstead someday. I think uh, I love and miss that guy's driving style where it was just like checkers and wreckers all the time. And it was like realistically about that. You know, there was no hesitation with that guy. That guy didn't care. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, we get some awesome commentary from him over the years too. And it kind of, kind of shows, but dream battle. Um, if I could pick one, I would love to see, uh, probably have to give it out to the Sugar Park Boys, the uh, Ryan Drutzes and Chris Pollards of the world, if they could go uh, head-to-head for something like seriously awesome where they both had and knew the track really well. I think that would be a lot of fun. Um, I would all, oh, man, see, uh, now I'm thinking Thank about it, I'd love to go against uh, Aaron too. I know uh, Triple S there is working on a new car for my guy Marco there, so it'd be really cool to see them go against each other and to see if like, you know, maybe maybe it's like a Russell Hamilton kind of thing, the new new blood can pass them. But uh,
0: I don't know, Aaron Day's no slouch though. I don't think he'd let him have it by any stretch. No girl, you, you <laughs> slouch at all, that's right. Um, <laughs> okay, what's your thought on a shootout or a series? What do you prefer?
1: Uh, I think that's a pretty
0: Seriously. easy one.
1: Shootout is um, it's a lot of pressure on one day. Sometimes that can be exciting. But I really miss the excitement that kind of comes up with building a series. You get your first round, everybody's kind of like, okay, it's first early in the year. We'll go see what it does. And then you see the guys that do well really take it to another level that year. And you can kind of tell uh, Thursday practice, I think, is like the biggest kind of show for it. So when we're in two, three, four rounds deep or whatever like that. You can see the guys come out on Thursday, and they're just driving, like, possessed, almost demented-like, and you can see it on the chill days. Uh, so when we get into the competition, when you get into your final rounds and stuff like that, it's really exciting to be following, like, the stories that have developed all series, mm-hmm. the uh, points, runnings, and stuff like that. And just to see who maybe didn't have a good start and has come back on, like, a crazy charge towards the end. Right, um, right. What I miss about like the shootout versus series kind of deal um you you get it all compact in one day like i mean we weren't any shortage of drama last year uh we had people building engines in the pits third time for the week leading up to it or something like that right yeah yeah Yeah, so it's like the whole season compacted into one weekend and that's well and done and exciting but it's really exciting to have that uh a little break in between two to kind of recuperate. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, it builds a story. I think that's that's probably the common theme that we've been hearing. Is uh, the series is really good. It's uh, I don't know, just driving more and and hopefully with everything behind us, we can get back to that next year. Who do you think's the most improved driver that we've uh, seen? I mean, you you watch every single run. Yeah, you, know, uh, you have the same perspective as you know the judges ninety nine percent of the time, staying in the same spot. So who do you think is the most improved driver that we've, we've seen or, or really seen, you know, even if they're not driving this last year, you know, we've seen some guys that just sort of jump in and they blow you away. Like where, yeah. where were they? Like, what were they doing yeah. in the off season?
1: Pretty interesting for this
0: actually uh, good
1: question. So I like to think of spec D kind of like in two tiers in a way uh, there was the early days of spec D when the car count was just kind of coming back and we saw maybe a little more driving skill kind of like up close and personal because there wasn't, you know, that many cars quite back into it then. But it was cool to see guys like Chad Sager, Conor Chura, Marco in those days kind of cement like an early kind of footing for it. Uh, And just to watch those like three guys progress. Like I remember, I mean, I've been watching Chad Sager drive for yeah about 11 years now and don't get me wrong, no, no sluts in those first six, but something about the last four uh, in his driving and competition. Like I thought he was one of the most phenomenal chase drivers. Honestly, um, Chad Seger was when he was in it. Uh, like, see him get back and running, but you know, it's 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 kind of a selfish thing too because I really like hanging out with him in the tower. He's a really nice presence up there. He's a funny guy, so kind of don't want to lose, lose that either. Um, But going on to Marco, too, um, you know, I think he kind of started on a pretty high level already. Um, Just kind of, I think, from maybe uh, benefits, because he was volunteering for, like, the previous drift series for a number of years before I think he started driving, too. So I think from being up close, watching it, and then finally getting, like, a chance to drive in it, I think uh, he really progressed super, super fast. Uh, That was cool. Connor Chura, too, like – from, like, a difference perspective, I remember him kind of driving. You know, he'd be um, he'd be making the field uh, kind of just back in the days. Uh, took a little break at it and then came back. And, like, I mean, the EIR round, like, what do you do, fourth, almost third? Something yeah. high up there on a track that doesn't really, like, favor his kind of car. But I thought he was really, really impressive. Um, and then, okay, so now new spec will consider kind of, like, 2018 on as it became okay. more... Yeah. Uh, Blown up, kind of more, you know, we've hit the next level kind of deal. Uh, Can't have this conversation without mentioning Austin Jensen. Um, You know, I hope he finds some sort of drift whip to drive in the meantime. Uh, But I remember, yeah, from day one, kind of watching where he was to where he ended up, that was a pretty cool uh, linear progression, too. Like, he didn't, I don't think he slowed down at all. Like, it was just steady progression, round by round by round. And it was awesome to see for him. Um, Also on that list too, like, you know, I could, there's so many people that I want to list and like, I obviously want to go outside the pro series too, because guys like Jared Nato, uh, Dustin Neubauer, uh, guys like that, they have all blowing it up from, we almost have to call with like a third spec D echelon now because of the, when we switch the track um, direction at practice, I think that really changed and sped up like the learning, like learning curve, if you will. And a lot of guys from there have just really turned it on and it's been super sick. So give it like a year or two more. And I think we're going to see some serious, you know? (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's actually, it's both fun talking to, uh, talking to you because, you know, you know, we work together to get the the series going and to uh, have all the, you know, you announce it and we're judging it. And we we discuss a lot, like, you know, in the off season and everything. And and really like there is so many stories that, you know, when we have the drivers on, we're hearing their story, but like talking with you, we can go back and, and look at the stories like Marco and all the you know, like he wore my uh, my old suit for two years and had a seat out of one of my cars that we gave him. Like he was so hungry to to drive. And I think, you know, when you look at, at the guys like Chad Sager and Norm they were coming out of like the, you know, the first generation of drifting in Alberta and then to see the other guys sort of catch up to them fairly quickly. And I think as that goes on, you really see the difference, how fast people are progressing. I think even more, like it took a long time for, for guys to get that good. You know, like when we started in it, Aaron was already an established driver. So we didn't see, you know, his progression that much. So he's just been like, you know,
1: I think he did like Formula Drift or something, but
0: yeah. Something, yeah, he, something. I mean, like he's he's sort of the the one that's there. But yeah, no, it's it's really interesting to to think back and and to see all the drivers that have been, you know, started in the series, just helping, picking up pylons to, uh, you know, like you say, Marco's getting his new car built this year and going to come out and just be, uh, you know, hopefully killing it in Mission. He's sort of had a couple of years of bad luck, and it's about due for him to. To be able yeah, do a good result for him,
1: because, I mean, he's uh, yeah. pretty strong and We saw that early on. No, going back, see, this is the brain thing again. Uh, going back, I remember when his car was all blue, taking, like, a pretty undistuted, like, first place on, like, the front section of the road course at uh, Rad Torque. Like, scary, scary conditions, even with a roll cage. And I remember mm-hmm. we were just at, at that point in time in life. And uh, to watch, like, how committed he was back then even was just pretty serious. <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, I think he's lost out of the years
0: too so well hey let's give us uh i'll ask you another one who's the most underrated driver that we have what do you think sort of just maybe maybe they haven't had a uh maybe they've just been mechanical and we know that they got it in them but we just not it hasn't all clicked for them on track at a competition day that's
1: a tough one um Previously, if, like, 2021 didn't happen, I would have probably said Ryan Drutz. Uh, okay. Just another guy that has driven so hard, puts in a lot of effort, and hasn't really had it click. But then 2021 happened, and he just, like, kind of blew everybody out of the water. Right. And it's kind of cool to see that because I don't think um, – it's no, no love lost to my boy Ryan, of course. But I don't think anybody really seen it coming um, from – the orange car to the blue car, then to the red car, like it's red. all just a wrap. Something clicked from blue to red, and he was just full gas on from 21 from the start, and that was sick. So previously it would have been Ryan Drutz, maybe underrated. Um, I think we'll have to go into like maybe bro because I think um, pro drivers, it's hard to pick. Who's an underrated driver right now? Because, like, it seems to be a lot of new blood at the moment kind of coming in.
0: Yeah.
1: We've had some of our maybe old guys kind of, hey, that's, you know, we're still having fun. We'll hang out. And there's nothing wrong with that, of course. But uh, it's kind of hard to say now because we've had just two rears, two of um, the shootouts, right? And that's right. kind of hard make that kind of connection over two rounds, essentially. Yeah. Um, so maybe ask me uh, on the stream of mission and uh, I'll have a better answer for you. Yeah. But underrated on like broam side of things, um, I think a lot of I think a lot of people sleep on uh, my boy Jared. Of course, uh, I think that guy's just a bored Corolla driver who finds himself at the wheel of a 240SX, unfortunately, which sucks for him, but it's good for us because we get to watch him drive. Uh, another name I'd give to you too is uh, Leno, uh, Mr. Mr. Leno Tech Towing, of course. Um, Killer first year. I mean, third place podium as first event. He's realistically driven. Um the hype is there for him and um yeah, no, I think maybe I see it's not fair too cuz I see Nathan just mentioned other Nathan Nato, uh, yeah. another hugely awesome driver and you know maybe doesn't get the maybe the accolades and uh, cheers as he needs because he's a fantastic driver I would, uh, To quote Jared, I would definitely call him like the future, you know, Mr. Uh, Nato Drift and his pink BMW,
0: but we'll, uh, we'll see how he uh, goes on from here. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. All right. I'll throw a couple of my ideas in there. Oh, here. One more question. Who do you, what driver do you see when you talk to them or interview them in person? Doesn't match the driving style. And then who does?
1: Okay. Yeah, that's good. Uh, Pat Fontaine. Okay. That's a really awesome question there because Pat Fontaine, maybe when you talk to him, you're like, okay, this guy's like, he's here and hanging out and having a good time. He's just just chilling, you know? And then you see him behind the wheel, man. And he is just, when it clicks for him, man, he is just on another level. And I just kind of love his almost, like, racing car driver focus and mentality when when it's going right Helmets Down with uh, Pat, and I love how much it changes from, like, being, like, Joker kind of, like, chill guy in the room to just, like, okay, like, it's business on, it's time to go, um, let's go. And uh, another guy, you know, it's, um... Probably Justin Duvet, you know? He's, uh... Comes off as just like big friendly giant guy, you know, but like he'll run you the, you know, crap over if you're just any, <laughs> go in front of, you know, it's no no mercy with that guy. I can think right. back to the, uh, heck actually hurts thinking about it, uh, the go karting thing we did after one of the uh, SpecD wrap up parties for the year. And uh, yeah, made the mistake of breaking in the fourth cor- corner and found out for sure, like, yeah, this guy, no prisoner at all. Like, friendliest guy you'll ever meet, but when it's, when there's anything to be gained, bro, he'll push you out of the way like this. Fair this enough. Fair enough.
0: <laughs> All right. Who? Okay. So who else? Who matches their? So are those guys that match their driving style? And, so, no, like no. Those are matches cool. their driving or doesn't. Yeah.
1: Um, I guess those are examples of dozens. <laughs> yeah. uh Matching wise, would probably have to be. You know what, Gaston Morrison, uh, he's pretty cool. Calm Collected has that kind of like very driver-esque again about him. Of course, he's doing like runs and drives all the time. So when you see kind of just like how intense he is, gets about explaining like how he's driving the car. And that's probably my favorite time talking to uh, Gaston, of course, is... He matches it, man. It's like full on. Like he's probably gonna drive it on two wheels if he can't make it around the course normally, and that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, thought a really good suggestion, Jared, in the chat there. Might be too. That's a really good example. Uh, previous driver, of course. The has anybody beat the '94 in qualifying from him? I don't think so yet. No, but he, that's another guy. Yeah, there, yeah. He was he was throwing yeah. down. low. Awesome. And like, that's another guy too for his like. I guess that's more of another doesn't match, but for as goofy as he is, uh, he can get pretty serious too when it's, when it's
0: time to be so, so. Oops. So basically <laughs> you just, you just named everybody in the series. Pretty but well. I am nail it down on you. All right, here. I'm going to throw some down to you. <laughs> yeah, the, I'm going to give you chat. some that match their driving style. For sure. Leno, he is a hundred percent. He drives exactly like he is in the pits. Yep. He is, he is like 220 in person and he's 220 when he's driving and he's having the best time ever. <laughs> agree? Yeah, I'd agree with that. That's personality not... is his driving style 100%. Yeah. I, I think one that, that, I, that doesn't match his driving style, I'm gonna give it to uh, Jesse Foote. When you, okay. see him, when you meet him in person, he's pretty shy and hardly will talk to you. But then when he is in the car, you're like, who is that driving? And it turns out it's him. Um, I it's guess interesting I with,
1: uh, what one can accomplish when they're not posting the uh, latest meme on Facebook <laughs> oh,
0: yeah he is the meme lord for that but I mean we, we appreciate that too everyone has their gifts and I guess that's it for him um, <laughs> I don't know Yeah, he's he's an amazing driver when he's on it like he is just pushing pushing really hard but when you meet him in person he's sort of just really shy and quiet but on track he's He'll take the stickers off your door any chance you can get. Um, probably, uh, oh, probably Zendara really Kennedy. <laughs> Zendara
1: Kennedy, yeah, that's – she's been really just driving all the time now, hey? Like, down on the States making a big run. It's kind of sounding like drifting pot now, but, like, yeah, yeah no, kind of following on the socials. Yeah, she's been down there top – I think top drift over in Horse Thief Mile for a bit.
0: But, no, it's looking awesome. Yeah, no, she's been driving a lot, and I think it's really good for her. But it's just uh, making us all jealous because she's going to clutch kickers, did the um, uh, LS pass. So yeah, lots of driving for her. So that's really awesome to see. Um, yeah, that was just interesting because some guys, you, you you meet them outside of their uh, of their car, and you'd be like, "Gee, that it doesn't even match." Ryan, I guess Ryan Drutz is another one. When you talk to him in person, he doesn't look like he's the same guy driving that car. It's actually a good one for a nigga not, yeah. <laughs> because he, he is one of the most aggressive drivers, and I think that's what, you know, we look at 2021 20, Mission, and um, In the Dry was a completely different event than our 2020 season there. And when you watched Aaron and Ryan and uh, Chris, those were probably the... The first three that threw it in so hard into the uh that first initiation that like it scared you how fast they were going and then uh when you watched uh delahay like there's a guy who drives and then we'll miss him because he has seems like zero care at all he will put to the floor (laughs) in the wet in the dry through the rocks whatever it is he and the biggest Probably, teddy bear ever He really, really doesn't care about those, which is
1: awesome. Yeah, yeah. definitely you,
0: big Alberta and the big techs now. Damn.
1: Yeah, that's yeah.
0: right. Hey, so we'll we'll uh, go through another one here. What's your prediction for 2022? 2022? Um... With the drivers, you know, we got a few that we haven't had yeah. before. We've got quite a few Pretty registering exciting. out of the U.S. So
1: who yeah. do you think's going to –
0: be standing on that podium at, uh, mission this year.
1: So I could see like magical, like storyline come out of nowhere. I would really love to see like Regan McCarter come back and just surprise the hell out of everybody. Um, not a lot of walls to stop him on that track. So it'd be like pretty interesting, but if there was ever like a classic, like out of nowhere, that would be it. Um, I don't know if Cole O'Connell's just planning to bring, like, the Corvettes to, like, barbecues or whatever his deal is with the New Balances, but it'd be really cool to see him, like, drive and do, well, uh, miss Miss just making fun of him, uh, <laughs> so it'd be just nice to have him around again, um, but honestly, like, Chris Pollard is probably a realistic answer, uh, just from, and I mean, like, he got, like, what, third or fourth last year, um, but that's not what he wanted, and, no. like, that's not that's not indicative of any of the effort or time that he puts into just like full on. Like there's a few people that I'll talk to that are like maybe more into drifting that I would consider myself into. And Chris is one of those guys where you talk to him, you get like, you almost kind of don't feel smart enough sometimes to have a conversation with him about drift because he's just full on in it to the, like the numbers measurements and all of that. And like, yeah. so him sitting on like a third or fourth or whatever was, I know is not enough, so I think that's gonna be a huge motivation to kinda come out and go but again, like you can't just say that because you got Marco Nucar who has like two years of bad luck kinda waiting to turn around too, right? So it's it's good. We'll just tune in and watch and find out, man. Like we haven't written the script up for it. I've been I've started. I've started of course, but it is right, really right. hard.
0: No, I, I'm I'm really excited to see see the growth of it. Like when we got uh, drivers like uh, Sean Miller coming out last year, driving like a borrowed car and killing it. He's supposed to be coming out in his BMW that he drove in drift week. And so I think he's got a lot of potential as well. And, and some new, new drivers that I haven't seen drive are are coming up out of the States and actually next Wednesday, we're going to be interviewing one of those. So we need to uh, just to see that the different driving, but there is, literally you know there's eight people that could take the win that i would you know just from last year's competition that you see those are the eight that just sort of any one of them could be the top step of the podium and then you throw in some wild cards like jesse Lego in his uh, 240 with your favorite motor of all time in it um he, he could just <laughs> take it right to the right to the top too um yeah would be a pretty loud afternoon if that
1: had to happen what's that because <laughs> uh, that'd be a pretty loud a- afternoon if that had to happen to have the vq go all the way to the top i don't know it'd be uh much for after party situations
0: but like it would be cool to see maybe not cool to hear but it'd be cool to see for sure right right <laughs> well did you get any questions that came in i know you posted up on instagram the other day
1: yeah no i had
0: um some new ones uh Actually,
1: one of the... One I wanted to answer right off the bat, Nathan, Sarah asked me, uh, just basically kind of break down the budget of my personal car and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, it's pretty simple, I think, uh, in terms of drift cars go. I think um, I'd say all in is probably built for around like seven to eight grand. Uh, but that's, of course, using things like a already built subframe that I took from another car. So do like things like bushings and stuff like that. Um, it's going... Kind of just more picking the function over the form of it. Um, I'm sure, you've seen it. That's that's it in the background of many shades there. Yeah, um, yeah. It's um, again just more simplistic with the modifications. Uh, it still runs like a big clutch fan with an upgraded uh, fan, for example. Uh, just instead of doing like e fans and stuff like that. Um, when it works, uh, <laughs> it works pretty awesome. Uh, it's very 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 like sustainable thing. Like I think it's usually like a tank of gas and maybe. So StratoTech, for example, if it's hot, it'll be like two tires a night, uh, two sets of so of four. Um, cooled or a Castrol night or Rad night, sorry, <laughs> still getting used to it. Yeah. Uh, probably like one set of tires too, and it didn't um, didn't didn't lose that ability because I really liked. If you remember now, back a few years ago, uh, when I was representing Haida, well, of course, uh, missed <laughs> them. Uh, 185 winners was the way to go because it was a consistent same tire, uh, right? So. Bringing that over to the like, Zestinos onto this car, I think is like a really big um, positive too for just kind of, you set a budget for these things and know that, hey, the car works pretty optimal on this. So I'm going to have to set aside like four five, 600 bucks for tires for whatever I'm needing in the season, right? Mm-hmm. But to have the same consistent rubber on the back of the car, like I think that really helps the budget wise too, because you know what you're paying for, you know what you get and you're not, you know, wasting time mounting different tire, this, that, the other thing, running, um, so 240SX Coupe, famously, uh, it can carry two tires, and that's it, so I really got to pick what I bring out to the track, so it's really nice not to have to play those games of bringing, like, a crappy pair that blow up on the first run, mm-hmm. um, I mean, car might otherwise blow up on the first run, but that's just wastegate heating issues. So we'll fix that. We got a plan. Um, but yeah, to answer Nathan Sarah's question originally, uh, just a cheap, uh, focus modified car. Uh, we did, I think the big ticket items on it are probably like the, uh, just piggyback ECU again, really, really old NisTune stuff that's kind of hilariously outdated, but it allows it to run on, you know, the stock. Uh, wiring and stuff like that I think that kind of keeps it too and just of course keeping a KA thing um, I think is like the best move ever too uh, it's not as sought after as the SR20 it's not as like I don't know it's super simple to work on never breaks um, I've blown every bolt-on part off of it for the last three seasons it's exceeded the cost of the motor twice now and <laughs> haven't hit the motor so
0: yeah well, I, I think you're going gonna to see an explosion in the price of KAs now that hurt uh, put one in his car
1: yeah, no, I think I am of uh yeah, I guess so, eh? but right. I think
0: So now they're going to be the next uh, swap of all time. And yeah, you know, we were talking, we talked to each driver about uh, sort of the reliability thing. And, and I think, yeah, other than finding your wastegate, you know, bouncing down the track, the motor and everything's been fine is just, uh, you know, you've had some things fall off like wastegates and cracked and I think you've more welds on your manifold then uh,
1: yeah no yeah there's uh there's something to be said to uh, buying the quality part uh, up front too as opposed to trying to make it work with the cheap one um right. if i can give anybody good advice going forward definitely spend the money get the good thing first and don't even bother the cheap one because like <laughs> it's fine if it breaks after practice but
0: when it breaks at the track it really bums it, yeah that's sorry. right <laughs> that's well i mean i mean there's been lots of articles that have come out in the last two, two years. We had some uh, video stuff done and uh, some good write-ups from like uh, long-time people that have been writing for drifting in, in Western Canada. And lots of times your name pop up in there. What's your, what's your thought on sort of where drifting is going? Like how you see the community, you know, let's say at the end of 2021? Because there was a really nice, uh, you know, just a lot of positive things that were coming out. What's your thought on that? It's
1: cool. So it's really cool to see the guys, I don't want to name myself, but, like, guys that have been there for a long time that kind of remember what it was like and the kind of doom and gloom that kind of seemed to follow it around Uh, from year to year. It was a very, like, survive year by year thing. Um, To see it now elevated to a point where it looks like, you know, very much that the future's in place. Uh, plans are being made to have more sustainable events and just to have things like Stratotech open up to more bash-style driving to just have more fun with your friends and, like, ne- not necessarily moving away from the competition uh, bit of it all too, but to see it kind of more open up to just the grassroots stuff to just, you know go out and just do drifting. You know, you don't have to be a pro. You don't have to be a race car driver just to enjoy drifting. You can just go out and have a car and slide it and have fun with your dumb buddies. And that's awesome. You know, and I really am happy that that's, that's really is starting to like kind of form itself into Alberta drifting culture. Like I can think of, uh, Years back, maybe, like, B.C. versus Alberta drifting uh, mindset was very prevalent in a lot of the early days uh, yeah. that I was involved in. Uh, but it's now nice to see that uh, we get B.C. guys coming over here, leaving with a smile on their face and being like, hey, that is, like, as adequate or awesome or more awesome than something that we've done, you know? And that's sick. So I think it's heading in the right direction in there. Um, it's tough, too because, like, I'm a very – find myself in an interesting position because I'm very much more about drifting, have fun, go and do it. But it can exist, I feel, very very strongly without the competition either. Because the competition, I think, kind of, it's more sellable. It's more marketable for sure. It kind of gives, like, I know a lot of people are going to groan and be like, oh, you can't have, like, the normies involved with drifting and stuff like that. But, like, that's not a bad thing. The more people that can come up and have a smile on their face and have an awesome, like, drift experience, it's, it's a win for everybody. Um, so I think if I had to sum up Specty's most major accomplishment to drifting itself here is probably that. Like I think I kinda touched on it earlier, is just making it more approachable and more of a sustainable community versus more of like a click cool club and uh stuff like that. So
0: Yeah, it's it's been it's been interesting to see the the amount of maybe mainstream motorsports that want to have the drifting involved in it because it just brings a different aspect. I mean if you're uh, like the series itself is hosting up some, some private days, some VIP days for, for autocross clubs, and they want to have the drift ride longs. It's just a different thing. Maybe that uh, different than what they're used to doing and and their cars aren't necessarily set up for it. Right. Um, But yeah, I, I think, I think that's definitely something that we've been really happy to see just continue on is that there there is the sellable aspect of the competition side and having the cars with liveries on it that's what the sponsors of the series like that's what you know brings the crowds to the competition to the track to see and then also just to see those same drivers with their cars come out and drive the grassroots days like like straddle and that's sort of that vision of Stratobash was to see how many of the guys from 10 years ago to five years ago that aren't driving anymore are still have the car in their background and really just uh, are able to bring it out and still throw down at Mm -hmm. the track. So it was, it was neat to see lots of that. Yeah. I have a
1: question for you then. All right. Um, Going back to our old guy discussion. uh, If there was anybody past that you would like to come see like drive in the series again, who would that be? I mean, we picked one or a few people. I got mine.
0: (laughs) <laughs> okay. Um, I'd say uh, there's a few really good ones that I probably didn't know, uh, know well enough from, from then, but watching some videos of them. So, Chris Van Galen, bring him back. Um, Alex Lee needs to come back and drive. Yeah. <laughs> he a uh, phenomenal driver. And, you know, even if it's just coming and throwing down with some grassroots days he needs to be back in a car and then norm I think yeah. norm from you know 2018 norm norm's car in 2018 with norm's mindset then we would be yeah. really neat to see him drive again mm-hmm. you know there's a there's a long list but you know i, I don't think i was i i watched uh, uh van galen drive that that much you know before we were in the series and he was already long gone by the time that we started running it but you know have him back would be great yeah
1: how about right. you my uh first and foremost i'd love to see john chill come back uh right. getting back in the day he was like the guy i think like next to conroy one of those two gentlemen of course conroy would be not nice to have back too um but he was probably next to the guy that you didn't want to drive against because he was just so consistent so good and I think what made that awesome if like, if I recall correctly, like, his car setup was just, like, an SR20 basic, like, T28 or something like that, small supporting bolt-ons. And, like, there was a one season I think would have been the, either the first end year of team's year, first year the other guys, that he um, he walked away from, like, the whole competition with just, like, the most simple basic SR20 setup, and it was, like, craziest thing to see. So, um getting John Watcher back to see like where he would stack up these days, I think would be a really awesome, like test of time to just see where the series has progressed to, to see if, um, you know, of course, Marco says, too, can't talk about John and Lauren in there too. The old G nightlife commandos. Um, yeah, both of them too, to see would be really cool. Um, Travis Clark, Travis Clark. Then that's, that's another name, too, because I was, again, another SR20 guy that just balls to the walls all the time. Killer. As soon as he went LS, I guess drifting became too easy. He didn't like it anymore. So <laughs> I I've been really good. I haven't talked any about it yet. Don't LS swap your cars. Drifting becomes less fun, I guess. There's probably sure. people that argue against that, and it's well and down for them, too. But, you know, people are allowed to wrong as well. So yeah,
0: that's cool.
1: Um, yeah, no, and I think, like, you can't uh, – jj comes to mind obviously good good shout out there uh hope he's doing good uh john Burns said too i would love to see obviously mix it up as well um sounds like somebody loves SRs. i assure you that's not the case but
0: um (laughs) so basically all we've done is we've just said that we want to see everybody who used to drive back driving
1: yeah we could just have like a top 64 everybody who ever drifted a car one time in alberta that would be the best thing like run it like royal rumble style like everybody just starts at once and Whoever's left doing laps is the winner. I think that's what we all need. We definitely well, want to see
0: it. a it. It'd be cool. See, and, and I guess that's, that's the whole beauty of the grassroots series that we have, you know, the three rounds that are coming up, you know, starting in June 11th out at Stratotech. All these uh, old-time uh, drivers with their cars, they'll all-pass tech, mm-hmm. because, we're, you know, the, the tech rules are fairly relaxed on that and pretty easy to, uh, to accomplish the safety that we need. And it'd be great. It'd be great to see us running around at Stratotech in competition because the last time we had competition at Stratotech, most of those drivers that you mentioned were driving. Yep. 2013, I think it would have been. That's right. So there's quite a few of those drivers still driving there. So I think that's probably the call up that we need to make is all the guys who used to dominate at Stratotech need to come back and show us how it's done.
1: Yeah, well, about that. Like, get your Conor O'Gansons and Sholly Drifts, all of them back here. It'd be cool to see Paul Harrison come back. Uh, I know he's done Corolla stuff really well for himself in the Pacific Northwest, but it'd be really cool to see that. Um, just thought of someone else, too. I can't believe I left him off my list, but uh, if we could get Mr. Brian Spracklin, Sprackline, up and running in a car, that would just be... Um, Savage, I think, is like the only way to put that. Uh, there's another guy whose personality that uh, doesn't match his driving style at all. <laughs> yeah. Probably like uh, Justin Dube things where he's just a big dude, friendly dude, but as soon as he's behind the wheel of whatever
0: it is, it doesn't matter. Like he'll just... right, right. <laughs> so well, we've awesome. been going. We've been going for 52 minutes now, so the longest uh, one that we've done. So, I mean, where no can people where can Apple Apple. find you and uh, follow you and Come give
1: you a high five. Yeah, for sure. So spec DTK, obviously on your Instagrams. Um You can like and follow Gay Drifting on Facebook. It's maybe this is like a kind of like a low key announcement, but we're uh, kind of working on some stuff to kind of bring that back. We have a few plans of just maybe putting out some old school Gay Drifting content. Um Haven't really given it a lot of gas, but it's just been an idea in the back. I think that's kind mm-hmm. of how Gay Drifting existed <laughs> for a few years um but yeah well, that's mainly it that's that's my socials uh i know you're big on the discord now there too i don't remember my tag off the top of my head but if you message me on instagram you need to uh do that um and of course too if like you need uh you know someone to drive sim with um i'm always down uh it's much must cheaper uh, break virtual doors so come get some they're always available <laughs> and uh yeah no that's it and then uh if you're looking for me at the events just follow the guy the obnoxious laugh you'll hear me before you see me i'll be around <laughs> um, <pretty flat> out.
0: Um <laughs> that's right awesome well thanks for coming on appreciate it i'll let you uh jump out and we'll see you hey maybe we'll see you tomorrow out of the track yeah i'll be, I'll be there lurking probably stealing someone's car to you know test drive
1: just to see how the pads change of course but yeah. um yeah yeah no looking forward to it hopefully see everybody else out there tomorrow as well and uh thank you very much john for this this has been Excellent. pretty fun you bet
0: yeah all right i'll let you jump off All right. right, Well, awesome. Thanks, Tony, for, for joining us on that. Again, I'll just remind you guys that, uh, the shootout registration is open and, uh, May 1st at noon, we're going to drop the first 40 spots of straddle bash registration. So that'll be awesome. It's uh, our third one. We're going to be changing up the schedule a little bit, going a little bit later on a Saturday and really looking forward to, uh, maybe just a little bit more of a, of a pit party or even the front straight party uh, on Saturday night there. Also, just a reminder, as for now, it's a go for Thursday Night Open Drift, uh, presented by JVS Power Center out at Rad Raceway. Gates open at 4.30 and we're on track by five o'clock. So hopefully we'll see you there. Uh, Saturday, we're gonna be doing a special guest. It's gonna be 403 Street Driven, Jay Vinette. He's done a media with us since we started. Uh, with all the great videos, so many reels that have really helped out the page and helped so many drivers. So we're going to be having him on on Saturday night. So tune in for that. Peace. See you later.